Tonight's narrative is made possible by viewers like you and Hover.com, an easy way to find and register a domain name. Use promo code REACH to get 10% off. Let's turn to domestic news. Jack Smith, this guy, I swear, he looks like the character from The Matrix, doesn't he? He just looks like you don't run into him and he's pretty scary looking. But in a good way, in a peaceful, honorable way, which is what people say is true about Jack Smith. Now, you'll recall that yesterday there was a lot of news around the fact that he had issued subpoenas to various state officials because he was asking them to hand over their communication records with Donald Trump's inner circle. This is really important big news because it means that he's focusing in on that part of the January 6th conspiracy, which involved the submission of fake slates of electors from different states, particularly four states, in an attempt to overturn the election results in 2020. He has got already the phone records of many of the people that he has been asking about who are in the Trump inner circle. But now he's asking for the same thing from the other side, from the local and state officials, whether that's to see if they corroborate each other or whether it's to see if some details must be missing, it's hard to tell. But Jack Smith is certainly not shying away from taking direct aim at one of the key aspects of the January the 6th conspiracy, the fake slate of electors. Here are the names that they are looking for details around the communications. And I'll pull them up here so you can see them. Kenneth Spurrow. And Kenneth is one of those lawyers that are involved with, with John Eastman and company. Justin Clark is another one of those lawyers. Joe DiGenova, I mean, he's another one of these sort of weird conspiracy theorist guys that has been around since Clinton Lewinsky days. That's how long he's been. He's been pushing all these weird conspiracy theories. And he's certainly one of the people that is now in the target, it looks like, of the new special counsel just recently appointed to investigate January the 6th and Mar-a-Lago. John Eastman, he's really the architect of the entire January the 6th plan, if you will, the conspiracy to overthrow the election results on that day. Jenna Ellis, of course, you'll remember, is the lawyer who represented Donald Trump and worked a lot with Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell. Boris Epstein is an interesting character because Boris Epstein is, of course, a Russian asset as well, many of us believe at least, and his involvement in everything related to Donald Trump since 2016 is very questionable, but it's interesting that he is one of the people that they're looking for information here because, as we pointed out on Twitter the other day, there's this really strange email that Boris Epstein was sent Jack a while ago. This would be 2020 on December the 8th, so just about a month before the January the 6th event. In it, he describes what will be a broad um, attempt to overthrow the government based on these false slate of electors. So I just talked to the gentleman who did that memo, Ken Cheesebro. His idea is basically that all of us, that's Georgia, Wisconsin, Arizona, Pennsylvania, etc., have our electors sent in their vote, even though the votes aren't legal under federal law because they're not signed by the governors of the, each of those states so that members of Congress can fight about whether they should be counted on or counted on in terms of whether they're acceptable for that vote that day. That will create a wild scene where they'll be able to negotiate some sort of stalemate and then postpone the actual certification of the votes. My comment to him was that I guess there's no harm in it, legally at least. Of course, there is harm legally, it seems now. We would be sending in the fake electors' votes to Pence so that someone in Congress can make an objection when they start counting votes and start arguing that the fake votes should be counted. So this was published in the Washington Post and released by the committee of the January 6th committee a few months ago. Caught our eye here at Narrative because of its so explicit and how it explains 
what's going to happen on January the 6th. If you're looking to prove a conspiracy, is the kind of document you would look for to prove that there was foresight and planning related to an event like January the 6th. And clearly, that's what they've done here. So that's why Boris Epstein's name is clearly there. And there's Probably why Kenneth Cheeseborough's name is also there. Also on this list, Rudy Giuliani, of course, the former New York Police Department Commissioner Bernard Carrick is there. Bruce Marks, Cleta Mitchell, another name we've discussed at length here, who was the conduit between a lot of the funders of January the 6th and the actual organizers of January the 6th through the Council for National Policy and others. So Cleta Mitchell, certainly an interesting target there. Very close to Jeannie Thomas, the wife of the Supreme Court Justice. Then there's Matthew Morgan, Kurt Olson and William Olson the, the, of the Olson family, very supportive of these kind of efforts around the United States. And the list goes on. Sidney Powell's there, Victoria Tonesing, and so is Lynn Wood, very controversial lawyer of Donald Trump's. Not that he's saying in these requests that he is focused on investigating these people in particular, but it does give you that indication that he's certainly looking at these people and wants to know why they were talking to various state officials. So it's not a list of people you'd want to be on, certainly not in the week after this very dogged special counsel is appointed. So we'll be watching this with great interest, as we will the other thing that Jack Smith is is focusing on very, very closely, which is the Mar-a-Lago investigation. And there was news today there as well, where apparently, even after they'd asked him several times whether he had any more of these classified documents, he kept denying it, the lawyers kept denying it, but Donald Trump still had various documents in various places, including Trump Tower, and also now it turns out in a in a storage facility, a storage locker, it contained two documents marked classified, and he was able to keep them there right to the very end. And he needs to hire a separate company to conduct a search of that storage locker and other facilities in order to make sure that there weren't any other documents that had been squirreled away. Can you imagine a classified document being put in a storage locker off-site, not even close to where the former president was living? And we know what he did with them in some of those classified documents. Of course, we've been reporting here a narrative that some of those documents were marketed on the world stage to other foreign leaders in an attempt to keep these, to make some money or to profit off these, or to at least hurt some of the United States intelligence operations around the world. So this case is not going away. And again, it's another indicator, this leak today, that Jack Smith is taking his job very seriously and targeting both the January the 6th events and also the events of Mar-a-Lago and the documents uh, theft, taking those very, very seriously. Hi there, it's Zev from Narrative. Have you ever had a great business idea, but just didn't know where to start? Well, one of the first steps to building a new business is a domain name by Hover. That's because it's more important than ever to have an online presence and your domain name by Hover is your first step in building your online brand. For a limited time at hover.com forward slash reach, you get 10% off. Hover makes it quick and easy to find the perfect domain name for your business with over 400 available extensions. And with their connect feature, you can easily connect your Hover domain name to many popular website builders with just a few clicks. Plus, Hover offers free Who Is Privacy. That's free Who Is Privacy that protects your personal information from being released online. Don't let the complicated search, sign-up, and connection process of other domain providers stop you from starting your online brand today. Hover makes it easy to get started. So what are you waiting for? Find your perfect domain name at hover.com forward slash reach. Plus, Narrative Live viewers get 10% off right now. If you use the promo code REACH, that's R-E-A-C-H, or go to hover, H-O-V-E-R.com forward slash reach, R-E-A-C-H. 
I do want to share with you a couple of things that are happening at Narrative over the next few months, because this is our last episode of this season, which means we'll be back only around January the 13th or somewhere around there, maybe sooner if it's necessary. But the reason we're taking this little time out is because we're working on our next big and this time it's really, really big, a scripted serial. You remember we did uh, The Dragon's Tale in this last season, which looked at the untold story of China's war on US democracy. Well, we're following that up because as I was researching this really interesting story about the, the Murdochs in particular and about their involvement with the Kushners, I found myself in a tangent, into a bit of a historic tangent, and that led me to a really interesting discovery. And we will be detailing all of it. I'm trying to be as coy about this as I can right now because I don't want to give it away. But there will be a real expose over six or seven weeks. We'll be exposing probably one of the biggest scandals in intelligence history. I'll just put it that way. And that's going to be in a very, very exciting series of episodes that will be scripted this time and available to subscribers. And here's the trailer for what we're planning to do gives you a little bit of a giveaway of where, where we're tending to go. Well, that's the name, a Murdoch mystery. It's taken off, of course, that idea of the Murdoch mysteries, which is a famous uh, Canadian and British TV show, I think. Why are we doing a show about Murdoch? Well, we discovered as we were doing our initial investigation into The Dragon's Tale that Murdoch's involvement with China was so interesting and so fascinating. And then the more we dug into it, the more we could see that he was involved in some other things. And so we couldn't resist investigating this further. And it turned out to be relevant to one of the biggest scandals ever in the modern day intelligence history. It's going to be a gripping series. Calling it the Murdoch Mystery as a trial name by now. It might change its name by the time it gets to the air. But I hope you'll join us from February. But it's one of the reasons that this show takes a little break here as I write some of this content for the next season. That's why we're doing it. And it's also one of the reasons that I have to keep emphasizing that we desperately do need you to continue to support us at, at patreon.com forward slash narrative. We're so thankful to everybody who's come up, come out and supported us over the years. There's thousands of you who've over the five or six years that we been on Patreon have really supported our coverage and our independent reporting. There's no doubt that some of the reporting we've done has, has dramatically moved the dial, has dramatically changed the narrative on so many events. We discussed about China earlier on is one of the interesting things that have happened in the last year, but whether it's coronavirus coverage that we did years ago or the coverage of Trump Russia initially, none of that coverage would have gotten to air if it weren't for your incredible support. So it takes a lot of money to spend and a lot of effort and courage and inspiration to spend your hard-earned money on an independent news organization like ours. And we hope that the money you are sending us is well worth it because it sure is for us. And we're hopefully delivering the kind of content, the kind of news stories that really make a difference to the fight for democracy and the fight against autocracy. That's been our main goal since we started in 2016 and continues to be our goal today. There are many stories that we have brought to light that have, would not have come to light if it weren't for your support. So our thanks to you. And please, if you are able to go to patreon.com forward slash narrative, that's patreon.com forward slash narrative and help us to continue the work that's so important right now to protect democracy around the world. 
just in tonight's show, we've covered the events of Germany and the events of Peru. You can see the democracies certainly still under attack around the world, and it's certainly still under attack in the United States. We're fooling ourselves if we believe that just because we've had a, a successful midterms and Democrats have pushed back some of the Republican advances, that it's all over. It certainly isn't. We still see the same foreign powers trying to exert their influence and exert their pressure on the United States. We've seen a, just in the last few months, a radical growth in Chinese espionage activity in the United States and also an uptick in the amount of money Russia is spending on disinformation efforts in the United States. That is exactly how we got QAnon in the first place, through those kind of disinformation efforts by China and Russia. And certainly now it's evident that it's taken over the parts of the entire world. And that means that the war against autocracy continues, and it's going to be a global fight. And until we're absolutely certain that they've backed down from their attacks on the way we choose to govern ourselves, this war ain't over. So uh, patreon.com forward slash narrative, support narrative because we need to make this great new show that we're so excited about. You're going to love the details that we get on the story that many of you have heard in different ways over the years. I've had so many questions about this one particular scandal that has affected the intelligence community because it's one of these underpinning scandals that changes a 50-year narrative. Everything that basically, I can tell you that it starts at Iran-Contra, which many of you are aware is the lightning rod of everything that's happened in the five decades since in terms of uh, the intelligence operations around the world, the attacks on democracy, and even the installation of Donald Trump as a president. None of that would have happened if it weren't for the events of Iran-Contra. And so this particular story is going to be a lot about that and uh, also about Rupert Murdoch, as you can plainly tell. So here's another look at the trailer, and then I'll be right back with a final goodbye. That's the Murdoch mystery. It's coming up in February right here on Narrative. And again, patreon.com forward slash narrative is where you can go to help us produce that content, to become a producer on Narrative, and to help us make some of these stories that are so important to democracy come to light. We can't leave the show tonight without the discussing what happened in Georgia. What a remarkable turn of events as Warnock is able to secure the 51st Senate seat for the Democrats. That is going to make such a huge difference to everyone in the Democratic Party, but also everyone in America, simply because it's no longer going to be that big an obstacle to get things through the Senate as it has been in the past two years for Joe Biden. So we're looking at a huge expansion, potentially, of the Biden agenda, which would be so good for Americans in general. It also just is the birth of a political star. I mean, I know he's been on the American stage for a couple of years now, but Warnock is becoming one of those that people are openly discussing about being a future presidential candidate. He certainly has been able to do remarkable things in a state where remarkable things are hard to do. This is still very much a purple state. And for Raphael Warnock to be able to win now four elections in a row and do it so with such grace and such elegance and a remarkable address at the end, he really is a true figure of leadership and prominence that we could see him really be the next potential leading candidate for, for the presidency out of the Democratic Party. Certainly not in 2024, but certainly into 28. And that'll be interesting. It'll set up an interesting dynamic. I'm scared to start discussing that particular election because who wants to start prognosticating about the next presidential elections? But certainly he is 
one of the people that we need to be watching. The other person, of course, is Pete Buttigieg. We're still very impressed by his performance over at the Department of Transportation. And there's very many others that we still not uh, haven't quite taken their public positions yet. But there are, the Commerce Secretary comes to mind. There are other people that are beginning to build an incredible body of work and reason for them to be running in the next presidential elections. So now Raphael Warnock achieved a miracle. Now four elections in a row in a state where it's not easy for Democrats to win. It just isn't. I mean, look at the way Kemp was able to hold on to his governorship there. With his victory there, it's remarkable then to know that same electorate able to support Warnock. And clearly the reasoning behind his success has to do a lot with the frustration around the Democrats. I mean, maybe not with the Democrats in general, but the Democrat candidate, Herschel Walker, was clearly unfit for the task. And I think people were unenthusiastic about going to vote for that candidate, especially as it was in this case, the second time they were forced to do so. And there was a report out of the New York Times today, and I'll just put this up for you guys to see, um, that in fact, it was that enthusiasm that gave Warnock such a tremendous opportunity there to win that Senate seat. So you can see here that a drop in Republican turnout was a big factor in electing Warnock. Turnout was somewhat lower in Tuesday's runoff than in the November general election by about 400,000 voters. But Raphael Warnock more than doubled his lead over Republican Herschel Walker. The Democrats led by about 95,000 votes as of Wednesday beating his 37,000 vote margin in the general election. Now, there was one less candidate, of course. The libertarian candidate was not running in this particular case. But you've now got an expansion from 37,000 to 95,000 in terms of a lead. That is pretty remarkable for Raphael Warnock. And it is pretty remarkable for all of us because it means that we get 51 senators and Joe Biden gets a much easier path to passing legislation. Now, that is not necessarily the case in the House, whereas Republicans are still look likely to be the eventual winners there. And it certainly seems likely that Kevin McCarthy might still become the Speaker of the House, although there's certainly many weeks now, I think three weeks before we get into that decision. And if he cannot muster 218 votes from his very shrunken majority that he has in the House there, it could be that we're looking at a national unity figure as a new Speaker of the House. My brothers, I'd say that's exactly where we're going. Whether it's uh, Kingsinger, the former Republican congressman comes up, that might be a, someone you'll see as a potential candidate for being the Speaker of the House. But it could, of course, be anybody. Oprah Winfrey could be the Speaker of the House. Obama could be the Speaker of the House. You don't have to have one elected office to be the Speaker of the House. It could be absolutely anybody. And wouldn't that be radical if they chose someone that was out of left field? Maybe Obama does want it. Maybe he's interested in being the Speaker. If he's appointed Speaker, then it's because of the curiosity of this particular succession law, he can become president again. If the vice president and the president are no longer able, able to do their job, then the speaker would then assume the presidency. And it's only in that case that you can have a third term president. And in this case, it would be really fascinating if Barack Obama had an opportunity to be another term in the White House. Maybe even Michelle Obama could run. Who knows? There's so many other names you could throw out. Certainly interesting times in politics. And we'll keep watching that in the new year. With that, I want to wish you all a very, very happy holiday season. It's been a tremendous honor and a thrill, as always, to be with you for yet another year here on Narrative. Uh, we take this work very seriously. It takes hours and hours of research preparation and all sorts of things to make sure that you get the right information, that it's all fact-checked, and that you are able to walk away from these shows with 
factual information, true information that is able to protect democracy and also able to inspire you to take the right kinds of actions, no matter whether you're taking it by supporting your local officials or whether you're taking it by running in office or whatever it is that you might be doing. It's so important that we provide you the accurate information as we have now done for six years to be able to inspire the right kind of decision-making by American citizens so they can make the right choices for their own lives and their own families. It's what it comes down to at the end of the day. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. I think if you subscribe now, you might even become our 4,000 subscribers. So subscribe to the channel. Don't forget there's a little notification alarm looking thing. Click on that because that way it will remind you every time we're on the air. If you're watching this on Twitter, don't forget to follow the Twitter account at Zev Shalev or at Eric Garland. And you also watch it, follow at Narrative TV, N-A-R-A-T-I-V. And if you're watching on podcasts, which Apple Podcasts carries our video podcasts, don't forget to follow, rate, and share our programming. It's really important for us to do that in order to keep our awareness up. That's Apple Podcasts provides a video feed and an audio feed of our show. So make sure that you subscribe to both if you can. And of course, we're also available on Spotify and various other places. I will be back in early January with a lot more of Narrative TV, but I guarantee you I'll be back even well before that because there seems to be lots of news happening in the final run-up here to the holiday season. So look out for us on the 21st when we'll be doing coverage of the January 6th report, but there'll be many other times we'll be dropping in for the news. Plus, next week on Tuesday or Wednesday, we'll do a rerun episode and we'll do one of those every week until we're back on January the 6th. On that note, wishing you and your families a very happy, healthy, and prosperous time over the holidays. I hope you get all the best gifts ever. Um, and I uh, hope you're ready for another big year where we'll be advancing the fight for democracy and taking on autocracy around the world, making sure that people still have a say in politics, people still have a vote in their future, and can still live the American dream. On that note, for Eric Garland and me, Zav Shalev, we wish you a very good night. We'll see you again soon. Every minute of narratives reporting, Every story that we break is made possible by our patrons. You too can become a patron by joining at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Narrative, where truth lives. One day you'll tell the story of autocrats, crooks, and kings who came for our freedom. A story of citizens who stood up to tyranny and won. The people prevailed and renewed an old vow to a more perfect union. And that was just the beginning. The story continues. narrative where truth lives.